Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into the Believe in Steelers show on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen. Rolling solo today. We will have a quick show. It is Friday Eve, right the start, before the start of a holiday weekend. Hope all of you are going to have terrific and safe and fun 4th of July's. Got a full show for you, though. And we're going to start with the Madden 2024 ratings leak. And I've got some ratings for each of the skill position players, the star players throughout the league. So let's take a look here. Um, Go ahead and start at the quarterback position. To no surprise, it appears that Patrick Mahomes is going to be a 99 overall. I think that is very much so deserved and earned. Uh, Burrow at number two at 95 overall, Josh Allen in the mix at a 94, Lamar Jackson after his big contract is a 91, Jalen Hurts an 88, it's a little bit low if I'm being honest with you, Aaron Rodgers at an 86, Dak Prescott at an 88, Justin Herbert an 86, Trevor Lawrence at an 83. Something you notice about this list, something you notice, all of these quarterbacks are in the AFC, other than both Prescott and Jalen Hurts. We talked all offseason about how there's a huge discrepancy between the quarterback talent in the AFC compared to the NFC. Let's go to the running back position. And here's where Steeler checks in. Najee Harris at an 84 overall, but among the best of the best in the league. CMC at 95 overall. Nick Chubb. Over in Cleveland, a 97. Josh Jacobs, a 96. I thought that was a little bit high. Uh, Alvin Kamara, an 86. Jonathan Taylor down at an 89. Uh, I must mention that these ratings can change between now and the August 18th release date with Josh Allen on the cover and everything, too. So uh, these were leaked on Reddit. thought it was very interesting. Najee Harris, though, of the Pittsburgh Steelers checking in an 84 overall. Again, these are the Madden released rankings. Let's go to the wide receiver position. Steelers also get Deontay Johnson into the mix at an 82 overall. Uh, Cooper Cup, a 96. Justin Jefferson, just shy of that 99 overall rating. Stephon Diggs, a 96. And you got a lot of other stud receivers. Tyreek Hill, a 99 overall. Devontae Adams, a 97. Jamar Chase for the Bengals. I thought he was way too low last year. Now at a 94 overall in Madden. Uh, so we'll see. C.D. Lamb at a 90. T. Higgins in the division as well. And the AFC North at an 88 overall as well. So again, these are subject to change. Um, but these are Madden ratings released. All right. Defensive line, the big uglies up front. And the Steelers get two here. T.J. Watt a 94 overall. A little bit down coming off a season where he battled injury. I also thought Cam Hayward at a 93 overall. Tremendous respect for the Steelers veteran. I know he's played at a very, very high level, but now that he's getting into his 30s, he's going to be 33, 34 years old this upcoming season. You wonder at some point is there a declining level of production? To no surprise, Aaron Donald's still a 99 overall. Miles Garrett ahead of TJ Watt at a 98 overall for the Browns. I will say this. I think the argument for Garrett would be he still produced at a high level, despite the fact that the Browns have had some of the worst defensive tackle play 
in all of the NFL. And if you don't have a stout interior, it really doesn't matter what you're doing off the edge. This is where TJ Watt benefits from the fact that he has Cam Hayward up front in the middle. So I guess the question you ask yourself is if you put Miles Garrett in TJ Watt's shoes, would he still have the same level of production? And remember, when TJ Watt tied Michael Strahan's single season sack record two seasons back, he not only led the NFL on sacks, he also led the NFL on tackles for a loss as well. So he's played at a very high level. And in that season, Watt played only 15 out of the 17 regular season games. And in three of the 15 games he played, he played fewer than 50% of the Steelers defensive snaps. So why Miles Garrett gets more credit than TJ Watt? I know he's an alien. I know he's got all the athleticism in the world, but to be four points better in Madden, you know, when we see from, from a physical and an athlete standpoint, sure. But when it comes to the actual production of being a football player, I'm going to take TJ Watt time and time and time and time again. Hopefully this can put a chip on TJ Watt's shoulder for the 2023 season. Uh, Alex Highsmith was not in the defensive line ratings. Again, these are among the star players, these rankings coming from Reddit. Uh, so Alex Highsmith in a contract season, not in these rankings. Uh, there were more defensive linemen. We'll see if Highsmith can play at a Pro Bowl level now that he's entering a contract season. And if the wrath of Khan continues, and that's general manager Omar Khan, I think his last final move of the offseason would be getting a long-term contract extension done with Alex Highsmith to pair him opposite TJ Watt. And you've got quite the duo off the edge. TJ Watt always lining up against opposing teams, right tackles, getting in the face of quarterbacks primarily, which are right-handed in the NFL. That's a duo that I'm expecting big, big things from in the 2023 season. Okay. The defensive backs as well. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick checking in here at a 93 overall. Derwin James ranked ahead of him at a 95 overall. I'd argue that Minka has been more healthy than Derwin James for the last several seasons. But also Patrick Peterson not getting ranked among these stars. Very curious to see where they end up ranking once we, once we get the official rankings as we get closer and closer to August 18th. Again, that's when Madden will fully come out. And so... Again, this coming from Reddit, these rankings can change again, but very interesting to see where the Steelers star players stack up. Steelers didn't have any tight ends ranked among the star players. Travis Kelsey, the tight, highest ranked tight end, an offensive line as well. Obviously, the Steelers have a very young offensive line getting some help, uh, but we'll see where the Steelers rank there. Got to take a quick break. Tell the listeners and the viewers of the Believe in Steelers show all about betonline.ag. They'll take care of all of your gambling needs all offseason long. There's a lot of great over-unders as well throughout the offseason. Got baseball. But we're going to get closer and closer to the start of preseason and training camp. Training camp starting in late July. But if you want to place a bet on any of the action, any of the futures bets, betonline.ag is the place to use it. Head over to betonline.ag today. Use our promo code BELIEVE. You can see that on your screen right now. It is B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts. Other NFL news to get to. The NFL is expected to suspend several players for gambling, including Isaiah Rogers. 
Isaiah Rogers, a defensive back, cornerback for the Colts, and a kick returner. And to me, this is as simple as this. There are certain things that you do when you accept a job that you have to give, that you give up in exchange for a paycheck. And this, to me, with online sports gambling, is no different. To me, that's that's what this is. And there are, very, there are six very basic rules when it comes to rules that how the league officiates its gambling policy if you're a player. If you're a player, number one, don't bet on the NFL. Pretty straightforward. Number two, don't gamble at your team facility while traveling for a road game or staying at a team hotel. Pretty straightforward. Don't have someone bet for you. So one of your family members, one of your friends, someone who helps run your day-to-day life. Pretty straightforward. Don't share team inside information. So this was something I wanted to ask Ike about is what exactly does this entail, whether it's a a player injury or say a playbook uh, in terms of plays that you'll be running. Uh, I wanted to get a little bit more information of examples of what that could be, but you can kind of put two and two together. I'd imagine if a player is battling back from injury, if, you know, again, you wouldn't want to give your plays to the opposing team and so forth. Pretty straightforward. Don't enter a sports book during the NFL playing season. So, Again, pretty straightforward. We wouldn't we know when all the games are going to be this season. Pretty straightforward. And number six, don't play daily fantasy football. Uh, to me, this is very straightforward. It kind of goes back to, well, Mark, what if you want to gamble on yourself? That okay, you want to gamble on yourself. Put everything that you need to do to be the best player that you could be. Point blank, period. And this goes all the way back to like Pete Rose. There's to me, like, you've got to integ- the pr- integrity of the game. And I know with gambling for the general public, it's a way, it's an indicator of how, what the general sentiment is, is, is having. But when you consider that the NFL suspended all these players for at least a year for playing bet, p- placing bets on NFL games, Calvin Ridley, CJ Moore, Quintez Cepheus, Shaka Tony. And then six games for non-NFL bets, but done at work. Jamison Williams, Stanley, Barry Hill. Like, to me, how many more examples do we need to give? And look, I understand where you're saying, Mark, someone gets a year-long suspension for placing, I don't know, a bet worth a few grand, which to some players is nothing compared to the, the paychecks and the contracts that they get. Yet, there are more serious things other players have done when it comes to, say, life or death or something that is criminal, and they get lesser suspensions. The NFL has to have a product where it has integrity, it has authenticity, to where you would say, oh, the game's fixed. How many times do we see that on Twitter during a game? Oh, this game's fixed. It's rigged. So the NFL, I think, is going to come down harshly on all these players, and they have to. The league has to do this. For these reasons, because you have to stand by the integrity of the games. You just have to be able to do that. And if you want to be able to place an NFL game, then don't play in the league. If you want to, if you want to place all of your coin and say, hey, I'm a current player, then don't accept that job. Because every job in the world, there are sacrifices in, in things that you have to give up in exchange for a paycheck. And to me, it's as simple as that. Uh, if you have any questions throughout 
uh, this discussion, please feel free to weigh in. I can bring those in if you are watching this live. Uh, I'm going to get to some viewer questions that were submitted on my YouTube page towards the end of the show. Uh, want to offer condolences. RIP to former NFL quarterback Ryan Mallett. He died in an apparent drowning. Um, I think this was down in Florida. Former Arkansas and Michigan quarterback. Um, played for the Patriots, played for the Texans and the Baltimore Ravens. And uh, one of the memories I have of him as an NFL player is he actually beat the Steelers as a starter two days after Christmas back in 2015. The Ravens were 10-point underdogs, and he got the job done. Mallet only appeared in 21 games in his career, made eight starts, uh, 18, a little bit more than 1,800 yards, nine touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Seemed to be really beloved by his teammates. I know T.J. Watt, uh, Tom Brady posting his social media and everything. Uh, really sad whenever you see an athlete die in a drowning. Um, what I would say is this. If you're watching this in advance of the 4th of July holiday weekend, make plans. Have, have a blast, but do it in a safe, responsible, fun way. Uh, if this can serve as a reminder of that to anyone out there watching or listening to this, I think that's the lesson that we can learn. And someone who at the age of 35 was coaching down uh, in Arkansas at the high school level, offering his expertise from not just playing at high level division one football, but for some of the best franchises and organizations in the NFL uh, gone way too soon at the age of 35. So Again, if this can serve as a reminder to anyone ahead of this holiday weekend, have fun, but do so in a safe, responsible manner. And you're thinking about Ryan Mallett's loved ones at this time. Again, gone way too soon at the age of 35. It's time for what yins think. Always my favorite segment during the show. If you, again, if you're watching this live, feel free to hop in the comments. I'll answer, do my best to answer questions. But uh, we had a few uh, submitted questions that I will get to here. First one comes from Vincent Hot, and he says, Hi, Mark. Last year, it seemed to me that Kenny Pickett took the majority of snaps in shotgun or pistol. Now with the bolstered offensive line, do you think Kenny will now be able to take more snaps under center to truly be able to set up play action? Thanks. Great question, Vincent. I think you kind of answered your own question in all seriousness, and I think this is why you bring over the two – uh, Philly boys and you beef up the offensive line and uh, Nate Herbig uh, along with Isaac Sumalo as well. This is why you draft Dan Moore Jr. Or excuse me, not Dan Moore Jr. Broderick Jones in the first round of the NFL draft. We'll see how long Dan Moore Jr. can hold off Broderick Jones at that left tackle position. And then if Dan Moore Jr. loses out on that competition on the left side, would he be able to slide over to the right side and push Chooks or Korofor over at the right tackle position? Is he able to switch sides? It's a big question I have between now and the start of the regular season for the Pittsburgh Steelers because, look, you don't want to throw the rookie out there too fast too soon, but there's a reason why you draft him in the first round. There's a reason you trade up to number 14 overall with the Patriots. And, again, in that trade, you prevent – the New York Jets from solidifying their left tackle position in that they brought over Aaron Rodgers. So there's an old slogan, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And that's exactly what the Steelers did in their deal for uh, Broderick Jones, because 
the Patriots prevent their division rival from getting Broderick Jones with the 15th pick. Patriots move back at Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon, a very talented defensive back, one of the best corners in this year's draft. So, yeah, I think Kenny Pickett could go under center, and this is establishing the running game in Najee Harris. And so it's important to say, okay, we got to get the young quarterback in rhythm. The same could be true of a running back in the running game, whether it's Najee Harris, whether it's Jalen Warren, and what way to develop continuity along the offensive line than to run the ball. And this was a Steelers offense in the back half of the 2022 season that played a lot better football. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that they had a more successful running game. Now, I know the schedule got a lot, a lot easier on the back half of the 2022 season compared to the front half. But it was the running game. And one thing I would say about the Steelers offensive line last season, they weren't a great unit. I, I think this is they needed some talent. I think that's why they made some moves this offseason, both in free agency and with the draft. But this was a group that played like all 17 games together. Not many teams could say that. So you develop a continuity, you develop a rhythm. You hope that with the 2023 season, that's your baseline. The end of the 2022 season serves as your baseline for 2023. You hope that serves as your baseline for this upcoming year because this is an offense that's going to need to put up points. Yeah, you pay this defense a premium, but in 2022, 2023 and beyond, in the current modern NFL, Gone are the days to say, hey, we'll win a game 13 to 7. We'll win a game 17 to 10. That's just not how the NFL is designed anymore. It's designed to encourage offense. So, yeah, I want to see the Steelers team light up the scoreboard this season. I want to see Kenny Pickett make that next step this season. That's got to be where you start. That's got to be the expectation. And that's where you have to start. Because with Matt Canada, like, look, point blank period, I'm on the record saying I wanted him gone last season. But I think he kept his job because of the progression that Kenny Pickett had. And with Kenny Pickett's development, would you really want him having a brand new offensive coordinator this season? You know, we see young quarterbacks struggle all the time in the NFL because it's, oh, he's going to have new coach, new coach, new coach, new coach, new coach. And then at some point it's like, hey, you got to look back in the mirror. What about the continuity? The continuity to where he doesn't have to learn a new system this year. He doesn't have to learn new terminology and he can go in with more confidence and again, build on where they started from last season. And here's what I'm talking about with the Steelers offense too. Alex Kazora over at Steelers Depot had a great stat about this. He tweeted this out. The last time the Steelers scored 30 plus points in a game and won November 15th, 2020, a 36 to 10 win over the Bengals. That is the NFL's longest streak. Again, a team scoring 30 points and winning a football game. You hope that that changes this upcoming season. Point blank period, your offense has to get better. So Vincent, my long-winded answer to answer your question is, yes, I could see Kenny Pickett under center more, especially considering one other factor as well, and that's the tight end position. That is a position of depth. That is a position of strength now for the Steelers. Pat Fryermuth, we know his talent. It's really his ability to stay healthy. Steelers re-signed Zach Gentry this year. Great. They decide, okay, Connor Hayward, we'll keep him. He can not only play tight end, but he's going to be your fullback, the role that Derek Watt has played for the past few seasons. Also adept at playing special teams. 
both Hayward and Watt. Remember, Derek Watt, still a free agent. And then, oh, who's the other Georgia boy we got? We got uh, George Pickens. We got Roderick Jones. What about Washington over at the tight end position? What about what about Washington? Darnell Washington, agent zero. I wish he was wearing number zero, not number 80. That's another tangent. Darnell Washington at the tight end position. So, Mark, why are you talking about the tight ends? They serve as a mismatch problem to where you can run two, three tight end sets. You can bring in multiple tight end personnel, move them around, shift them around. And they serve as an extension of your offensive line. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go on and watch Darnell Washington's college tape back at Georgia. Mismatch nightmare because he can move defensive linemen. He's too fast for linebackers. He's too big for DBs. He can jump over DBs, over defenders. He can go around you. He can go through you. Size and speed that you just point blank period can't really coach. So when you get multiple tight ends on the field, regardless of what kind of personnel, the defense lines up across from you, Steelers are going to be able to do things to where they have flexibility and this is where Kenny Pickett has weapons. Matt Canada has weapons. Mike Tomlin used them effectively. Another thing, too, if you would have brought in a new offensive coordinator to replace Matt Canada, say Byron Leftwich, he was out there. Frank Reich was out there this offseason. There were other brilliant offensive minds. If they had one good season this year with the Steelers and Kenny Pickett's development near two, it's likely that that same coach would have gotten poached as a head coach for the 2024 season because Mike Tomlin is a defensive coach. So that's something you got to think about with all of this too. But yeah, I could see Kenny Pickett under center a lot more. Utilize what your strengths are. It's a young offensive line, but you've got tight ends that can help in the run blocking game. And you want Najee Harris to have an effective season. It was kind of ambiguous a year ago, that foot injury he went into the season with didn't have a very good front half of the year. But if you go before the bye week compared to after the bye week, he was like a full yard per carry better on the second half of the season after the bye week compared to before the bye week. So you got to factor in all of these things. This is a very long-winded answer, but this was a great question, Vincent, because it hits on a lot of different things for what the Steelers did this offseason. We are going to end on a fun one. Not seeing anything in the chat, so if you have any questions in the chat, feel free to weigh in. Fun one comes from Steelers Nation, Australia. This is an awesome question. Might be the best question in the history of what Yins think. If you had to choose one of these two options, A, fight two male kangaroos, or B, fight James Debo Harrison after he ran his 99-yard interception return in Super Bowl 43, which would you pick? I looked this up. A red kangaroo can run something like 35, 40, 45 miles per hour. So human, if you're fast, could maybe go up to, I don't know, 15, probably not quite 20. So I wouldn't be able to outrun the two male kangaroos. Now, I don't know what kind of physicality they would have. With James Harrison, maybe if he was just so exhausted where he says, I'm tired, boss, to Mike Tomlin after running back the touchdown on one of the most iconic plays in Super Bowl history, Maybe I could use the lack of oxygen against him early on. But here's the thing, too. It just says I had to choose these two options to say, you have to fight them. I don't have to win the fight. So I think I'm going to pick James Harrison 
stick around for 30 seconds, maybe a minute. Once he recovers and gets his oxygen back after the 99-yard interception return, I'm out of there, I'm running. And maybe, just maybe, and especially early on, once I realize he's finally coming to, I'm gone. I'm gone before he can even catch me. So to say to fight them, I would fight them, but then I'd get the heck out of there regardless. With the two kangaroos, you can't do that even from the beginning. So maybe I'm overthinking this because once James Harrison comes to, like, look, the NFL Network did a football life documentary on James Harrison, one of the scariest defenders in NFL history. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, remember back to that Monday night football game when James Harrison had one of the best single game performances that a defensive player's ever had in the NFL. The stat line he had in that game back in the day, I think it was on Monday night football against the Baltimore Ravens. I know it was in prime time. Just one of the best performances we've ever seen from a player in NFL history. I ain't messing with that. <laughs> like, I'm not messing with that. So I don't know about the physicality of the kangaroos, but I know the kangaroos can outrun me. James Harrison can outrun me, but can he outrun me when he's out of oxygen after running 99 yards and leaping over defenders and getting into the end zone again and what is one of the most iconic plays in Super Bowl history? Awesome question, Steelers Nation Australia. And it's good to know that the Believe in Steelers show has a fan base all the way out in Australia, all the way across the globe on a different part of the big blue marble. Great question. This is what, what Yins Think is all about. So if you have questions for Ike and I, leave those in the comments. We do our best to answer them. And I'm going to ask Ike about this too. Honestly, I could talk till sundown about this kind of stuff. I love that question. Uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in on this Friday Eve edition. It's Thursday. My name is Mark Berg and Ike and I will be back next week. Hope all of you have terrific 4th of July holiday weekends. Get on the barbecue, some steaks, some burgers, brats, hot dogs, uh, all the fixings, corn on the cob, everything. But if you enjoyed this show and this podcast, please tap that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I want to thank the Believe Network. I want to thank today's presenting sponsor, betonline.ag. And I want to thank you, the listeners and the viewers of the Believe in Steelers show for making us a part of your day and your week. Again, hope all of you have terrific holiday weekends. We'll see you next week. Until then, take care. So long, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.